Hey everyone. Oh my gosh, I am so happy to be back after camp. Um, I know y'all miss me. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so welcome to another podcast episode. This is the third episode, I believe, which is crazy that I have been getting to do this and it's just so exciting and it's brought me a lot of joy and a lot of hope. Um, so yeah, today we are going to be talking about what defines mental illness. Um, so that is a big topic to jump into, but I asked you all on my Instagram of some topics, um, and y'all got to vote, uh, for this podcast episode. And the thing is, I realized I really can't hit on any of the other topics that I had in the poll unless I discuss this one, which is what defines mental illness. So we are going to get into that a little later in the episode. But first, I wanted to start off with my usual life update. So as you all know, I am a counselor at Sky Ranch this summer. It is a nonprofit Christian camp in East Texas. And there, um, later this summer through July and August, I get to share the gospel with eight and ninth grade girls, which is so exciting and such a gift, but it's also going to be one of the hardest things I'm ever going to have to do. So um, basically these past two weeks, I was just at training. So that meant that we had to sit through a lot of classes and got to um, be in community with each other. I got to see a lot of people that I haven't seen in a really long time. And just have fellowship with each other while learning about the ins and outs of camp. So this was such a good experience for me. I loved every minute of it, even if it was hard at times. I loved every second of it. And I mean, yeah, that's the biggest thing I have is that I was at camp and um, I got to meet my co-counselors and they're so awesome. I love them already. And I literally feel like we're best friends, even though um, we didn't even know each other before the two weeks had started. So that was such a blessing. Um, And honestly, what the Lord has been teaching me is that he doesn't know just what I need. He knows what I want as well. He knows my desires. He knows my intentions. He knows what I perceive. And that is just so sweet. And I really have seen his blessings and his promises come true while I was at Sky Ranch um, these past two weeks. And a lot of that had to do with where I got placed um, as a counselor. So at Sky Ranch, they don't tell you if you're going to be with six-year-olds or if you're going to be like with 14 or 15-year-olds. And I really, really wanted older kids. I just work better with older kids. I feel like I can have more conversation with them and articulate the gospel better with them. Um, And I love little kids, don't get me wrong. I just don't necessarily feel or I didn't, you know, think I had a calling there. Um, But then I was, you know, prayer journaling the day that we got our cabins and found out what age group we were going to be working with. And I was like, Lord, like, please, 
let me be okay if I get six-year-olds. Let me be okay if I get seven-year-olds. Like, it's in your hands. You have it. But deep down, I was, like, questioning, like, does God really know what I want? Um, He's probably going to give me something I don't want. And there was a lot of fear in that. Uh, And then I ended up with 14-year-olds this summer. So um, it was just a lot of seeing God's hand on my life um, and seeing that he knows what I want and what I desire. And it's not a bad thing for me to desire one age group over another. If I, you know, desire for them all to know the gospel, know Christ, like I can't do that all by myself. I can't run Sky Ranch all by by myself. Heck, like I... God doesn't need me to run Sky Ranch all by myself because he is going to be glorified whether I'm there or not. But it's so cool to see the Lord um, and how he knew what I wanted and he fulfilled that for me. Um, And I, I often question like, why God, like, why did you have to be so kind in that? And, um, allow me to share the gospel with high schoolers um, when there are kids that are younger that need to know Jesus. But he has really placed it on my heart that these girls are lost and that um, I can at least plant a seed. Uh, And that is just such a joy for me to get to do that and run the race this summer. Um, That's another thing too, is running the race with endurance. Um, to the hope that is set before us. Like it talks about in Hebrews 12, um, I've been reflecting a lot on endurance lately and um, the fact that I don't need to sit in my laziness and sit in my passivity just because I don't want to do something or because it doesn't, you know, spark joy, you know, like Marie Kondo says in me. but I do it because I'm called to, and I do it because of the gospel. It is for the sake of the gospel that I do anything. And um, running with endurance, the race that is set before me, um, is my joy, and it is my duty, even when it hurts, even when it's difficult. And I think a lot of times as Christians, we make this distinction between joy and pain, in that they can't happen at the same time, but they can absolutely coexist. Um, And it's really beautiful when pain and joy coexist together. And I experienced that a lot at training of like the pain of being a second half counselor and having to wait my turn and also um, dealing with doubt of, am I good enough for this job? Am I capable? The reality is I'm not capable. I'm not good enough. but God's strength um, helps me to endure. And we can feel all of those things with joy as well. The joy that um, death has been defeated by Christ. He has overcome everything. And so that has been really sweet. And if these are big words for you, understand that like, it is okay <laughs> because it has taken me such a long time to come to this place 
and I don't want to seem as if I am better than someone or holier because that is not the truth at all. I am on the same level as any other broken, sinful human being. Um, I am not putting myself up on a pedestal. Only by God and only by his mercy and his grace am I qualified to be talking about these kinds of things. And that kind of goes with what we're going to get into today is that I am not a doctor. I am not a theologian. I don't have a degree in those things, uh, but I have experience and I have Christ. Actually, throw away experience. I have Christ. Um, Because of him, I can talk about these things. And it is so exciting to get to do that with you guys um, because I was in a really dark place in high school. And if 15-year-old me saw me sitting here at my desk recording this podcast right now, I think she would just weep. I think she would just melt (laughs) and be so confused, but also so excited. So, yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so what defines mental illness? So I, yes, I definitely want to, like, specify, like, I am not a doctor. So anything you hear me say, please line it up with your doctor and please talk to your doctor about it if you are feeling like you might have mental illness because it is not my job to diagnose. That is not what I get paid to do. Um, so specifically today, I'm going to be talking mostly about anxiety, but I'm also going to hit on depression a little bit. Um, and the reason for this being is that anxiety is mainly self-diagnosed and you can tell people you have anxiety and that's valid. Like that's a thing, uh, without necessarily seeing a doctor. Depression, however, is a medical diagnosis. So you must be medically diagnosed with depression um, and go through some testing and stuff like that um, in order to be like, okay, yes, I definitely have this. So you can for sure have like symptoms of depression and maybe you feel like that might be a thing in your life, but I would definitely check it out with a doctor before uh, moving forward with that. So, um, My anxiety actually started when I was very, very young. Um, Probably around the age of four or five, I started to pick up on worrying habits. Um, I would worry about so many little things. A big one that I would worry about was time. Um, I was very punctual. I did not want to be late to anything. And that also came with bedtime too. I did not want to... um, you know, go to bed super late so that way I could get as much sleep as possible so that way I could have the best day ever the next day. Um, That's my wing seven on the Enneagram in me. Um, But yeah, I worried about the little things a lot and that led me to um, tell my parents these things and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared about this and this and this and this. And they were just like, oh my goodness, like, 
that is not normal for a five-year-old to be so concerned and caught up in the things of life um, when I was just that little. And so because of that, um, my parents put me into counseling at age six, and that's when I received this book called The Worry Book. And through that, I just kind of looked at like all the things I worried about and um it kind of visualized a lot of my worries and helped me to put them in a box and lock the box and put it aside and not ever open it back up I remember that was like one of the illustrations that they put in the book and something that my therapist said to me and I'm going to say it clearly I think there's fault in that there is fault in telling a child there is something wrong with you so we're just going to shove it all in a box, lock it up, and put it to the side. That is not validating a kid's feelings and working through them and talking about them, but not necessarily dwelling on them. That was just not right. Um, and that led to a lot of insecurity later in life that I now realize is insecurity. <laughs> um, so that's kind of where my journey with anxiety began. Now, we're going to talk first a lot about the scientific side of anxiety, and then we're going to get into the more spiritual side of it. Um, so anxiety can be, symptoms can be behavioral or cognitive. Now, I hate the word symptoms because it makes it seem like it's this big, scary, like, diagnosis. It's really not. I would say they're more behavioral and cognitive tendencies. Um, with behaviors, you tend to um, just be kind of scatterbrained, very sporadic, very spontaneous. Um, and then with cognition, it's a lot of um, just racing thoughts, interrupting thoughts, um, and intrusive thoughts, even. So, those are a lot of the things that come along with anxiety. Um, for depression, um, I'm going to touch a little bit on this. Uh, for me, when I had depression, I often felt a lack of motivation and helplessness. Um, but I know there are a lot of other tendencies and symptoms that come along with depression, so I would definitely talk to your doctor about those. Um, and if you think you have more than just depression, also go to a doctor. Um, but yeah, okay. Back to anxiety. Um, I like to define anxiety as having constant mental interruptions in your brain. Um, these can be random thoughts. These can be spiraling thoughts that are very negatively inclined. So anxiety um, can be described as a chemical in a pH imbalance in the brain. So something is off. It is not equal um, to, and this causes anxiety, and this causes worry, and this causes panic and stress. Um, and I want to emphasize that, like, anxiety is more than just a choice. I didn't choose anxiety. Um, if anything, obviously, I would choose to not have it. I wasn't. Um, you know, it wasn't my decision to have this impairment in my life. Um, it is crippling at times. 
and it is really hard. Um, and sometimes I can't control it. So I want you to know that you are not alone in that. You do not choose to have anxiety. Um, and I'm going to kind of explain how it came about and why it's a thing. So, even if you're not a Christian or you're not religious, or maybe God isn't a huge part of your life right now and He's just kind of there, um, I would encourage you to keep listening because I have some um, things for you guys that might help put anxiety and mental illness into more perspective. And just know that, yes, these are from a Christian standpoint, but Christianity is the truth. It is the way, it is the life. And if you guys have any further questions about um, what that means to me or why that is the case, like feel free to message me on Instagram. Um, so with this, um, anxiety comes about because of sin. Now, sin is anything that falls short of the glory of God. So God has a standard. Um, and sin is anything that falls short of that standard. Um, and we read a lot about that in scripture. So I would encourage you guys, if you are in the word and you know the word, um, to seek out truth and uh, read the Bible for what it is and don't just take my opinions. But if you don't read the Bible, um, keep listening. And I would encourage you to seek it out do some research on your own. So, um, yeah, like I said, anxiety is a part of the nature and the stain of sin. When Eve ate the fruit from the tree, it stained the world. Um, when Adam stood there and didn't stop Eve from eating the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, um, sin entered the world and it stained our world. And that's why we have sickness. That's why we have illness. Um, Being sick or being ill in of itself is not a sin. Uh, It's just a part of the sinful nature that everybody possesses. So I'm going to read a passage from Romans 3, and hopefully this will put it into perspective um, of like, we are not all on the same wavelength. but we're all sinners. So it says in Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 10, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. That's through verse 12, and that just shows that like because of sin, like no one is good. No, there's no such thing as good people or a good person. Um, Sure, they can do good things, but are they good people? No, Um, because of sin uh, and how it is stained and, you know, tainted our world. So just know that anxiety happens because sin has entered the world and has twisted and turned around um, our minds, and it is not your fault. Having anxiety is not your fault. I want to say that if someone ever makes you think that, they are wrong. It is not your fault. That is not what um, scripture says. It says that no one does good. 
Um, so now I'm going to talk about clinical anxiety versus sinful anxiety. Now, I know I just said it's not your fault. Um, but I also want you all to know that there is anxiety that can turn into being sinful. Um, and, you know, clinical anxiety we already discussed, but sinful anxiety is having anxious thoughts, having a panic attack and dwelling on it and sitting in it when you could totally be out of it and find hope and pursue righteousness and holiness. Um, and I want I want y'all to know that like, I was in that place once. I was in a place where I was just sitting in my anxiety and I had people around me I could ask for help. I had resources I could go to, but I wasn't taking advantage of them. I was just sitting in it because I was like, this is comfortable. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, sinful anxiety sucks because it's like you know what the right thing is, yet you choose not to do it. You choose to just let it fester. Um, But that's not what we're called to. We are called to um, have freedom in Christ even when we feel anxious. And that is such a beautiful thing that the Lord offers to us. So looking at things that you can't control and then things that you can control are actually super helpful to discern whether you are having sinful anxiety or you're just dealing with another episode of clinical anxiety um a lot of things you can't control are mental interruptions intrusive thoughts physical symptoms and racing thoughts um some things that you can control are how much you dwell on the thoughts and how you fight your anxiety how you actively go to war against um your anxiety So there is another verse that I would like to read you guys, and it's from the book of Jeremiah. It's chapter 17, verse 9, and it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick who can understand it. So this goes to show that our hearts, um, our feelings, our thoughts are naturally deceitful and they naturally lead us away from the truth and that is because of sin nature and we often make something or someone a bigger deal than it actually is because of how twisted our hearts can be um so yeah and with that um your thoughts and feelings don't always dictate how god guides your life God has full authority and sovereignty over this world, and um, our thoughts and feelings don't. (laughs) Because of our sin nature, they fall short of who God is and his plan for us and how much he loves us, Um, which is what leads me to my last point, is that there is hope in Christ alone. Nothing else, nothing else of this world can satisfy, but Jesus. I, this is something that is hard for me to just stand here and declare on my podcast because I'm worried about what people would think of me. And I'm going to say that honestly and truthfully is that it is hard for me to say what I'm about to say 
because I know there will be backlash. But I've been called to speak truth and I've been called to speak it with love. And let me tell you, like, I love every one of you so much that is listening right now. And I care so much about y'all, which is why I do this and why I am here to further the kingdom. Um, but hear me out when I say this. The world has nothing to offer. Nothing. Sure, you can get jobs and you can get money and you can get a family and friends. But that's not going to satisfy you. That's not going to satisfy the longing in your heart for something greater. That is something only Christ can provide. And I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in some of my very best friends' lives that only Christ can satisfy anything and everything, any mental illness you're going through, any anxiety, any depression, any bipolar disorder. Only God can be with you in those moments and satisfy your heart, even when you're struggling. Um, So this goes back to God's character, how he is holy, 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 yet he suffered. Um, That is the gospel, the good news. Holy, yet he suffered. He came down to earth, was 100% man, 100% God, lived a perfect life as Jesus, died a perfect death on the cross. And not only that, he rose again three days later from the dead, defeating death, defeating the grave. Uh, And we stand before him now. So what do we do with that good news? The good news that death is defeated in that you know, we don't have to live in our sin anymore because it was nailed to the cross. Like what a lot of people ask, okay, so what now? And that response piece of it is repentance and trust. Repentance as in turning from sin, turning from our sin nature in the ways of this world and what the world has to offer. We turn away from it and we trust and we believe that Jesus is Lord. Um, Romans 10 9 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you will be saved. You will be saved from sin. Um, You won't be a slave to fear any longer. You won't be a slave to anxiety. Will you still struggle with anxiety? Maybe. I'm not promising that um, you will no longer struggle with it if you accept Christ in your heart, but there is still freedom in that um, anxiety and freedom that Christ has it conquered and you will be healed of anxiety and live with him one day in heaven. Um, but right now on earth, you may suffer. Um, we also suffer because Jesus did. If we as Christians are to look more like Jesus, we suffer um, anxiety and oppression and mental illness because he did too. Uh, And I'm always taken back to Jesus in the garden um, right before he dies. And he's praying to the Lord, like, Father, let this cup pass from me. He is sweating blood. 
he is crying because he is so anxious about his death on the cross and he knows it's about to happen. But even still, he perseveres and he dies on the cross for our sins and is seated in victory at the right hand of the Father now and forevermore. And this is the most glorious gift we could ever have. So with that, um, some takeaways from this. Um, Anxiety you can self-diagnose. Depression you can't. That is a medical diagnosis. Um, Anxiety often causes mental interruptions that can lead to sinful behaviors. Um, A lot of it you can't control, but some of it you can control. Our hearts are deceitful. They lead us astray. Our feelings aren't everything. Um, They don't always dictate God's character. But he is holy. And we look to him for truth. We look to him for joy in the midst of pain because he was the perfect example of that. Um, Man, this was such a good episode to record. It just really helped me to honestly like articulate the gospel with y'all and explain why I believe what I believe, but also um, why faith in Christ matters as it relates to mental illness. I will say this, if you are struggling with mental illness, you know it, or you maybe you're unsure, maybe you're like, maybe, you will not get through it without Jesus. I'm telling you that right now. You will not get through it without faith and hope and belief in Christ. Um, And I say that out of love because I've been there. And um, I want you guys to know I'm always here for y'all. If you have any questions or thoughts or prayer requests, um, feel free to DM me on Instagram. I would love to chat with y'all. But for now, that's all I have. Um, I'm praying that uh, for all you listeners, that you would come to know and follow Christ and um, look to him in the midst of mental illness. Okay, I love you guys, and I will see you next week.